Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adi Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is the show for you. Final Extra with myself, Adi Ladipa, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to be unpacking a memorable night in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Alexander Usyk retained his heavyweight titles, beating Anthony Joshua by a very controversial, I thought, split decision. But unpack where the fight was won and lost and discuss what could be next for both fighters. Surely for Usyk, it's now Tyson Fury next. As for AJ, what should he do next? Still a lot of options on the table for him, but it was a good performance. However, did his post-fight behaviour hint that he might need some time away from the sport? We'll also discuss the best of the undercard, a great win for Callum Smith. Ramla Ali won her historic fight against Crystal Garcia Nova, and Ben Whitaker made it two from two as a pro. Plus, we're going to be looking back on an incredible win, absolutely incredible win for Leon Edwards in the UFC. The Birmingham fighter produced a stunning KO to become Britain's second ever UFC champion. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Can Anthony Joshua etch his name in history and become a three-time heavyweight world champion? You're about to find out. Exclusive to Talk Sport. Uppercut into the chest there from Joshua. Pushes Usyk back into the ropes. Dubs away. Usyk comes up the ropes and grabs hold. Yeah, he doesn't like it, Usyk, with Joshua switches those attacks. You can see that he sensed that he's caught Usyk there. He's landing a couple of nice shots to the body. And Usyk on the inside with a right hand again there. And Joshua looking to try and set about the Ukrainian, who isn't looking quite as solid as he normally does. Right hand there from Joshua. And Usyk is looking to hold on a little bit here. The referee gets in and separates him. That is the best passage of the fight so far for Anthony Joshua. Usyk for the first time in his professional career, looks in big trouble. 12th and final round, and I've got to tell you, I've got Anthony Joshua two rounds behind for me. He needs to roll the dice. He needs to go for it. And Usyk lands a big combination. For the winner by split decision. And still the unified heavyweight champion of the world from Ukraine, Alexander Guys, I'm telling you, this guy to be me. 
Tonight, maybe I could have done better, but it shows the levels of hard work you must have put in. I'm not a 12-round fighter. I'm a new breed of heavyweights. All them heavyweights, Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah, you don't throw combinations like Rocky Marciano. I'm 18 stone, I'm heavy. It's hard work. This guy here is a phenomenal talent. Wow, 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 wow. Loads to unpack, honestly. Um, an incredible time, by the way. We'll say that in, uh, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I also want to say I thought Talk Sports coverage of the whole event, not just on Saturday night, but the build-up shows, was outstanding. Um, we were there working for hours and hours past midnight. So congratulations to Gareth, who joining us now, Spencer Oliver, Andy Clark, um, Adam Cattrall, yeah. the team that you don't really see, Ed Huntley, Adam Reed, Pat D'Angelo. Honestly, everyone done extremely well. Um, Gareth, loads to unpack. Let's start with um, the fight itself first. Um, AJ thought it was a better performance than last time out at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, last September. But ultimately, and sometimes, you know, like we just like, sometimes I feel like boxing fans and boxing media and everyone, we try and sort of get sort of bogged down into should have done this, should have done that. Ultimately, even if he did that, I, I think he's in there against a genius. I was watching him and I think, I was watching Alexander Usyk closely that fight. And I think he's very, very special. And there's no shame for AJ losing to me against the pound for pound number one. No shame at all. Oh, he's the pound for pound number one now, is he? I think he is. I've said he was before. Well, I'm not sure he is the pound for pound number Who one, is? but I, he's certainly in the he's certainly in the top five. This is just my opinion. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, but um, I, I do agree he's in the top five. Um, he's an extraordinary talent. There's no doubt about it. Um, we heard the outburst there at the top of the show mm -hmm. from Anthony Joshua in the ring, and and the more you listen to it, the more extraordinary it is, yeah. um, and out of place, and it's it's almost like an anachronism. Um, but uh, the more Anthony Joshua listens to it, the more he'll regret it, mm -hmm. and the more he won't be able to remember what he did in there. And but the trouble is, it will trail him forever, like a a nasty highlight reel knockout against him. Um, I wrote a piece in the Telegraph on Monday morning, kind of one of the news stories really saying that, and this is concussion worries here, that he does not remember saying those things. Yeah, um, yeah. He may not remember lots of the press conference as well afterwards where he was very emotional. Here's my take on it, Addy, and it was an amazing week to be at. I said it to you on the way out. In fact, I said it to you last week on this show. It's a privilege to be involved in these kind of events. Agreed. Something spectacular would go down. And that they are... They are the weeks that stay with us professionally forever and, and the weeks that these great fighters have to live with for the rest of their lives. Now, Anthony Joshua's performance, to answer your question properly, was vastly improved in my view. I thought it was a very close fight up until the 10th round when I had them even. I don't care what anyone else says. This is just me judging it. I had Alexander Usyk, the winner, taking the fight away clearly in the last three rounds to win 7-5 in rounds, 115, 130. And I'm not saying I'm absolutely right. That's just how I saw the fight. <laughs> Other people who I really respect in the industry. Addy had, had Joshua winning, believe it or not. Uh, there were some very close rounds in there. It was very competitive. Joshua had an extraordinarily successful ninth round. More so, they were the most successful round of the fight. That doesn't win you the heavyweight championship. But here's my takeaway from it. Anthony Joshua realised on this night, and that's why we had the outburst, and that's why we had the emotion, is that he does not belong, belong in the top tier of Alexander Usyk. And, and 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 Tyson Fury in this era. He certainly doesn't at the moment. He's still improving. Will he ever, ever have it? Maybe not. Will he regret he didn't take up boxing earlier? Yes, probably. Are the other two in Fury and Usyk 
more advanced than him in boxing skills, more advanced in experience, have it more in their bloodline, have it more in their in their experience and expertise. Yes, that outburst was the realization that his absolute athletic desire and prowess and psyche wanted to be the number one of the era, clearly wanted to be number one of the era. He made a mistake in not letting Yusik, who'd fought and won for his 40 million uh, compatriots who are at war with Russia at the moment and needed his moment. That was wrong. But ultimately, I think it will change Anthony Joshua as a human being. And I think he'll be the better man for it. And I think he'll be the better fighter for it when he goes in the ring. I always thought he'd end up with a career of something like 30 and 5, 30 wins, 5 losses. But he's going to end up an extraordinary wealthy man. He'll earn a quarter of a billion pounds in the ring by the time he ends. And he'll be able to look back on a very, very decorated career and a career in which he augmented the sport. He brought great things to it and he brought many eyeballs and 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 helped many other boxers because of what he brought to the sport. Yeah, look, it was, I thought, a vastly improved Anthony Joshua. And you mentioned sort of that post-fight interview, post-fight rant. Let's hear it now. This is what AJ had to say after the fight. Tonight, maybe I could have done better. But it shows the levels of hard work he must have put in. So please give him a round of applause as our heavyweight champion of the world. Woo! I'm not a 12-round fighter. Look at me. I'm a new breed of heavyweights. All them heavyweights, Mike Tyson, Sonny Liston, Jack Dempsey. Oh, yeah, you don't throw combinations like Rocky Marciano. Because I ain't 14 stone, that's why. I'm 18 stone, I'm heavy. It's hard work. This guy here is a phenomenal talent. We're gonna cheer for him three times. Well, how many belts you got now, bro? Five. Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! And as I said, I was studying Ukraine and all the champions that have come from your amazing country, but I ain't never been there. But at the same time, what's happening there is, I don't know what's happening, but it's not nice at the end of the day. I've seen it with Lomachenko in his second fight against Orlando. There was unrest in Ukraine, right or wrong. There was issues in Ukraine in your second fight. There was civil war. Vitaly Klitschko, when he faced Danny Williams, civil unrest. Usyk as a champion, please raise your hand. Under them circumstances, he managed to become champion. Yeah, look, um, as you listen to it, as I was listening to it there, I was almost just putting my sort of hands over my eyes and my face just because, look, I'm a... Big Anthony Joshua apologist. I, I can't do no wrong in my eyes sometimes. Um, and it was wrong, and I think he knows it as well. It was a moment of madness, and we all have them in our life. You know, some of them are just not broadcast to thousands of people in an arena and millions of people watching worldwide. There is someone, I think, from his team. I was doing my post rap for the zone, and I could hear the belts being thrown on the floor. I had to look round, and AJ's obviously clearly not happy. He walks out the ring. Someone then, there from his team, and that's a team that they've known him, they've all known each other since the Olympics, someone needs to pull him aside there and not let him go back into that ring. Stop him. Someone needs to just stop him. I don't know who, who does it. Trezor was... I don't know who does it. Someone needs to do it. So I, I partly blame his team. He's clearly still concussed, I think, from that fight. I mean, round 10, he took more punches than he's ever taken in any single round ever. Someone needs to pull him to the side. And I think his team members let him down a little bit there. But um, just listening to it back, I do feel... It, it, I didn't even want our producer to put it on. I was looking at him like I didn't want him to play it because it's hard for me to hear it, if I'm honest with you. Um, again, as a big AJ fan who's been 
perfect. He's, 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 he's one of the best role models I, I've seen. Never puts a foot wrong. He put a big foot wrong um, that night. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, you know, I'm up here in Sheffield making a documentary, Eddie, today about um, uh, women's boxing um, and, and the vast advance, advancements they've made. And one of the guys that's putting all these women's fights together is Richard Poxon, who was instrumental been in the industry 25, 30 years. He's instrumental with Ricky Hatton's career. Ricky made a few mistakes. Um, and, and I've spoken to Rich for the show tonight. And um, he made the point, as Fraser Clark did on the night, that mm. um, there's a lot of people around Anthony Joshua. And regardless of what he thought about you afterwards, whether he sacked you, whether he got hold of you, whether he, whether he threw you off, there's a way, and you and I would have done the same, and I, and I guarantee I would have done this for a friend. I'd have slipped my arm around his waist, and I'd have pulled him gently away, yes. and I'd have been in his ear, and I'd have been saying, it's me. Come on. Come on. You know I love you. Mm. I'm moving you away from here. Give that microphone back to him. And you'd have done it, and you wouldn't care whether he'd given you elbow in the back of it, in, in, in your face. You'd have pulled him away. And once you'd pulled him away, you'd have been able to calm him. And Yusik would have had his words... AJ would have calmed down a little bit. Usyk would have said what a great fight, what a great fighter and what a great champion uh, AJ had been. And it, it was a really difficult fight because it was a difficult fight for Usyk. Yeah. I'm not going to buy this time him saying it was a comfortable, easy fight because he nearly got knocked out in the ninth round. Um, and you'd have done it. And, and that's what Rich was saying to me just now, that that's what you do. Mm. So question marks, the question marks are how much control did um, Anthony have over his, does he have over his team? Is there a headmaster in there? Robert Garcia in the corner, is, as far as I've read, because I didn't have access to the corner myself during the fight. And I was on the flight to Doha from Jeddah with Robert, who was, I think, disappointed, but pleased with what Anthony had done. Mm -hmm. They were saying that he was in the fight all the way. I, he was in he the was fight. He was up until round 10. He was, yeah. I, I grew, this is how I see it. Obviously, there's a lot of views on it. Um, it was a, a fairly close fight. But there were certain things there that happened on the night that weren't good in PR terms for Anthony Joshua. That, that there's, there's no way when a guy's just won, and as I said, I'm going to repeat this, when 40 million of his compatriots are waiting for his victory speech... And they're under fire. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm crossing sport and politics and war here into one thing. But the joy that Alexander Usyk would have created in Ukraine by that victory and the manner of his performance and the way he carried himself all week is an extraordinary human being. Um, you would have wanted that speech. And 40 million people would not have been happy with Anthony Joshua. Can I cross you very quickly, very quickly, just before we yeah, go to the break? Yeah. Would Rob McCracken have stopped AJ? Oh, I don't know. I can't answer. I'm asking. For... I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Their relationship goes back before AJ turned pro. So he's known yeah, AJ he's... for 15 I years. Yes. I would say yes. I'd say, knowing Rob, I think Rob would say, AJ, you don't need to talk now. You've mm. done well. Just yeah. step back. Yeah. You know. All right. You're listening to Fight Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to look back on an incredible KO from Leon Edwards at UFC 278 to the throne, Kamara Usman. We'll also recap the best of the undercard action in Jeddah as well. But up next, look, we're going to continue our debrief on Saturday night and ask what next for both Anthony Joshua and now the unified heavyweight champion, Alexander Usyk. Now, people talking in this build-up about him retiring. I don't, you know, when you lose a split decision to the pound for pound number one, why, why would you even contemplate? It's about passion. It's about if you still want it. 
And look, you see how much he wanted it by his post-fight interview. But, you know, he's going to take some time. I'd like to see him back out. Maybe even in late December, you know. Like, who, do you, who do you think? Who do you feel? Fights for him. Dillian White, uh, Deontay Wilder. You know, so many guys in the top, top. Uh, there's even some Brits coming through, maybe in a couple of fights as well. You listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2, myself, Andy Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis, who was there speaking uh, to Eddie Hearn. By the way, Gareth is some worker. I mean, Eddie, Gareth's not even, I don't know what Gareth is doing, literally jumped the barriers, saw Eddie ringside, jumped into the ring, Gareth did, over it like a WWE star, got Eddie immediately. I think I think it's fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gareth, like, I know Eddie done the interview with Sky Sports. I think that was the second interview he did there with TalkSport, Yes. Well, I mean, we were coming to a close in our show and Eddie was there and, you know, about time I got into the ring, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was about to leave other, uh, from the opposite corner. And, um, you know, my job is to get these interviews. And I thought he was very, very good, frankly. Mm. Um, you know, people, I mean, I've accused him of being Edward of Arabia and being able to sell sand to the Arabs. He didn't like that. Um, all week. He kind of did. It's a, oh, it's no. a backhanded compliment mm. at the end of the day. I mean... It was a fantastic event. Um, it had its complexities, you know, the travel and the, and the, you know, it, they've only had three really big events. Let's be honest. In, this in is Saudi. it. They're babies. One in Syria, yeah. Two in Jeddah, and and you know, I know we're going to talk about what comes next, but they are going to have more events. I mean, I don't know if you've got the audio of the of Prince um, Khalid there as well, but I spoke to him on the night. Um, I spoke to Roberto Duran, by the way. How, how extraordinary was that to see Roberto Duran and Evander Holyfield just there ringside and all the other superstars? And I'm so happy you mentioned about the event was good. And I thought it was. And, you know, it's difficult to try and paint the picture of what they're doing over there. Um, but there was this King Abdullah Sports City, they call it, where they've got like a 60,000-seater stadium, another 30,000 indoor arena. We're in, I think our indoor arena was maybe sixteen to 17,000. There wasn't a bad seat in the house very no. similar to like the copper box in Stratford where every seat is a good is a good view. They really are trying to change things around. And look, we're not going to talk about so much about the human rights stuff because that's there and they need to improve that and they know. But overall, my experience of being there, and I don't know if this is the same for you, Gareth, it was warm. People were warm. The hotels were good that we were staying. They allowed us to film and sit down and do things. And some people might say it's a bit of propaganda and a bit of PR, but hey, when we were there, we can only talk about our own experiences and it was a good one. Yeah, look, I, I, I've travelled all over the world. You know, I'm, I've, been, I'm a, I've been a journalist for 30 years. You know, I worked and lived in China for a year. And, you know, I've worked I've worked in Iran mm. and, you know, some of the Southeast Asian countries and done a lot of travelling in my time. And um, some of African countries as well I've worked in. And my experience was that as a lot of people, it's been quite a closed society. And that's how I felt when I went to some of the other countries where you're as much a fascination to them as their culture is for you. Islam yeah. is a way of life. And I did experience that. People asking who you were, where you were from. There was a lot of that there. And I'm talking all the staff. They weren't being told to do that. There's a genuine fascination mm. with the West. You know, I found this when I went to Iran years ago. I went with Terry Venables um, to write a story about when... when Australia, Terry Venables was the manager of Australia and they had to beat Iran to qualify for the World Cup. And I think they got, um, I, I think Iran went through, Ali Dai was the famous striker of the Iran side at the, at the time. It was probably 1998, 99, that time it was the 2000 World Cup, I think. And um, 
I remember going out in Iran and there was, you know, Tehran was, was the Ayatollah Khomeini was, um, or Khatami was the, was the ruler or leader at the time. It was, a, it was, it was a secular, it was a, a religious state at the time. So people were fascinated by you. And I found that same thing without going on too long winded about it, about not having fear about going in and out amongst the people because they're fascinated. And I think that, 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 atmosphere was brought to the arena it's quite new you had your v vips where we were sitting where we're broadcasting you know who know the west but there was genuinely an atmosphere i mean the, the ukrainian anthem was extraordinary when it was sung in the arena and and you know the portent was there for 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 anthony joshua it was a very powerful uh, anthem and there was a joyous atmosphere. It felt like being somewhere like the O2 Arena when it was full. If I if I could be honest, in the in the big fight, the drama of that ninth round, the seesawing fight with Usyk's dancing cat antics in the ring, the the Jack in the Box Cossack that he is. Um, I, I thought it was tremendous, and 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 I think we will be going back. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and look, fingers crossed, we're going back for an undisputed Tyson Fury. Is clearly not a retired boxer. Um, he responded immediately saying he would fight Alexander Usyk. I spoke to Usyk in the changing room and I said, what do you want next? And, you know, he actually said, look, I'm more than happy to chill with my wife and kids. I've made a lot of money. I'm more than happy. But he also said, Tyson Fury, get out of retirement. That's what he wants next. When I was speaking to Alex Krasiuk, uh, Usyk's manager, they said he wants to go down as a great to become undisputed in two weight classes. But he only wants to become undisputed at heavyweight by beating the man. That's all he wants. He doesn't want to face so sort of a a wilder for who's who's going to pick up a vacant belt or a few sorry or a, or a Joseph Parker or a Joe Joyce he wants Tyson Fury let's hear from Frank Warren Tyson Fury's promoter he said that Fury versus Usyk is boxing's biggest fight since Ali versus Fraser and he'll make it happen do I think it'd be made yes I do I think that Usyk's team uh his promoter Alex and Igis's manager and the fighter wants it. He said that immediately after the fight. Usyk, he wants it. I know Tyson wants it. Uh, myself and Bob Arum, we want it. It's just going to be how we make it work financially. Uh, there are going to be big demands from this from both boxers, and quite rightly so. This is a unique event. I think it's the biggest fight, heavyweight title fight, probably since Ali Frazier. It's a huge fight in as much that both fighters are undefeated. All the belts are, are there to be won, and a lot of people got split opinion about who will win this fight, which is great. This is boxing's World Cup. This is our Blue Ribbon event, and we will make it happen. But where it takes place is going to be determined by, obviously, by finance. Do you love Frank? It's a big fight. I'm not having this the biggest fight since Ali Fraser. I mean, I'm not having that at all for a second. It's a very big fight. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the biggest heavyweight fight since Ali versus Fraser. <laughs> Good undisputed fight. <laughs> biggest heavyweight fight since Ali Fraser. <laughs> well. That, well, it's, it, it's, in the era, in, in the era, it is because yeah, in this era, yeah, but like, oh, no, come on, no, but there's there's a reason that Frank's saying it. You know, yeah. there's a reason that Frank's saying it is that Ali and Frazier were both undefeated at the time. Mm. Yeah, um, Ali had been away, um, f um, you know, banned from the sport for refusing to, and had a strip to the title for refusing to. Um, sign up for the Vietnam War draft, and he was proved right for doing so. So you've got two undefeated champions, um, Ali coming back for a second reign, Tyson Fury in a second reign. There are, there a are lot similarities, of, uh, yes. There, there, I'll give you that. There, 
there are a lot of comparisons to be made. But when Frank said that, you know, I thought about, you know, Tyson and Holyfield <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. Holyfield and Lewis. Yeah. So, so that, but it's a very big fight. It's, in some ways, it's it's probably a more competitive fight, forgive me for saying this, over all the AJ fans out there, but a more competitive fight than Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury would have been. Having said that, if Anthony Joshua had won and knocked out Usyk, he might have become a different man and there might have been less pressure on him as well. We don't know that, you know. Um, you, know, you, know love, it, you know what I love about this, Gareth, is that, you know, like, Fury is... Sorry, Usyk's mad. Let's be honest, he's just a madman. Fury's a madman as well. Clever man, man. Yeah. yeah, they're both they're both crazy. They're both one can short of a six pack. Both of them. So whereas I felt like Usyk's sort of just demeanor was getting under the skin of AJ, even though was, AJ was trying to block it out, just the way F Usyk is, Fury will take that all day long. Uh, not, that's not going to work with Fury. I, I find it fascinating this matchup. Um, I, I think Usyk's the better boxer, but Fury's a lot bigger. I, I just find it fascinating, and, and look, fingers crossed it happens. And I guess the disappointing thing from British fight fans is that I can tell you now, it ain't happening over here. Well, the, the thing is, you know, a lot of money. Prince Khalid, I said when I spoke to him on Saturday night, he, he first thing he said to me on air was, "Ah, oh, you are one of my critics." Yes, yes, he did. Um, yes, and, and, I, and I said, "Well, I said I am." I said, "All I said to Princess Michelle was that, you know, when they came to London for the press conference was." This fight, in my view, should have been in London. It's only a viewpoint. Mm. Um, the, 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 the criticism of the regime and the, and the sports washing tags and all those things are directed towards people who are the, very much the conservatives in that society. We're dealing with the liberals in that society who want to bring change for the 60% of the country who are under, under the age of 35 and they want to kind of create a more open society and, and and bring changes to the way of life not change the islamic way of life but have more more freedoms and more more exposure to to what we have in in, in where we're from now um for me if they do do it on december the 17th in riyadh the night before the world cup final i think that's a great move or even the week before uh the say the 10th of december even i think it's a great move they will go there uh, for the money. As for, yes, what 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 Tyson Fury, uh, and it's a very good point you make, because we, we spoke about it as well, both of us, didn't we, last week, mm. uh, on air and off air. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk, they, the, the screw that they've got loose is that they can put it and compartmentalise the agony, the pain, the, the anxiety, the nerves of fighting in a certain box because of their skill sets in a ring and because of the way, because of their makeup as people. Um, and, and, and so they're able to compartmentalize that. They're very intelligent people, the pair of them. All, all of Alexander's planning all week, or even going into the fight, pulling the wool over our eyes that, that he put on more weight, the Cossack uniform representing the whole time. Uh, whereas Anthony Joshua is just representing as a pure athlete and a f with a physicality, a behemoth physically, who's going to try and take you apart. And that was his gamble. And that was the, the missives at the end about himself, what he is. Um, but it, it, it's, it's going to be a fascinating chess match if they get Fury and Usyk in the ring together. Yeah, fingers crossed they do. Very quickly, Gareth, before we go to break, what next for AJ? I I've said I don't mind him having a break mentally, but I know a lot of people want to see him back in the ring ASAP. What next do you think? For AJ? Yes. Um, 
Dillian White would be a great fight, I think. Um, Deontay Wilder would be a great fight. Deontay Wilder's probably not going to drop Hellenius to fight AJ unless enough money was on the table. Um, it's it's also a tough fight for him. It's a 50-50 shootout, that fight, in my view. I liked AJ's chin on Saturday night, by the way. Um, it was a lot more robust and a lot more resilient. Um, um, I think Dillian White is the obvious one. Um or, or does he get the chance to knock out a bum of the month? You yeah, know? yeah, I want that. I want that in, in December. You yeah, know? I want that. Even two bums back to back. If I like, yeah. you know, line them up, let him do it. I really think he should. Yeah. All right, you listen to find extra on Talksport two still to come. We are going to look back on Leon Edwards' incredible victory at UFC two seven eight. That head kick in the fifth round was incredible. But up next, we're going to continue to reflect on Saturday night and talk about the best of the undercard. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mowgli in desperate trouble, still looks unsteady on his legs. Smith comes in to land some big shots to the body. Mowgli comes back, how he's staying on his feet. And oh, now goes again here and his leg collapses beneath him and the referee immediately waves the fight over. Callum Smith away to our left-hand side, jumps up on the ring post, beats his chest, pumps his right fist. Bodleek has been dragged back up to his feet, but he is all over the place. His legs are betraying him. Stefan Larouche is trained with the referee, Hector Afu, another cornerman. They've got hold of him now, they've got the stool into the ring and they're just seating him down and he's in trouble there yeah good win for callum smith almost feel like it's been forgotten because of the mayhem of saturday night but good win against that european champion bo delique uh, obviously that's good back-to-back wins now under new trainer buddy mcgurt we're going to talk about callum smith and what next for him very shortly but i just want to start with uh, the co-main event if we can gareth um Hergovitz versus zhang Zhili zhang i thought won that fight by a couple of rounds how did you see it well, it was a back-and-forth seesawing fight, wasn't it, in which Zhang looked to have the the upper hand throughout. I mean, he's a big lummox, if I can lump, call him. Lump, absolute lump, yeah. I mean, you know, they used to call Primo Carnera one of the great heavyweights, a massive lummox. My great late friend, 
a Burt Randolph sugar with his cigar and his hat and <laughs> who, who taught me many things over many years in the fights in America. Um, that, you know, the, the thing is about a lummox, they haven't got any movement, but they can kind of punch. Yeah. And Hergovich kind of maybe foolishly turned it into a very, very close fight. And it was a close fight, um, a close fight for which he didn't need to do. He was 14 and 0 going into this fight with his 13 knockouts, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And and he didn't move his feet and he's much more the versatile fighter. And he let the, the, the Southpaw, the lefty Zhang, really land a lot of punches with that, especially with that le heavy, le heavy, heavy left hand. And and in the end, he took so many punches, he couldn't move much himself. He he it was a very close fight. You could have scored it either way. I'm 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 leaning towards Zhang myself. I thought he I won't call it a robbery, but he probably should have had his hand raised at mm. the end of that. But it means that Herkovich marches on and is in mandatory for the I, IBF. IBF. I, IBF. Yeah. IBF. Yeah. So, you know, he has to be a player now, but that was easily the hardest fight of his career. He's taken right into the trenches. I didn't like how slippery the ring became during that. Awful. But yeah, I mean, and I'm 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 not I want to say that maybe one of the boards got a little bit loose as well, because we had exactly the same problem in the same part of the ring when Joshua and Yusuk fought, if you recall. Mm, agreed. Um, Almost like there was like, something like that, wrong with the, with the, with there the ring. There was like a yeah. middle board in the centre, just towards the commentary positions, just to the middle, but towards the commentary positions, that it just like they were, it's like they were slipping on a board. I don't know what had happened there, but it wasn't ideal. But some... Um, yeah, I mean, Hergovic was taken into the trenches, a real massive learning fight for him, but I think Zhang will be back. Yeah, 100%. I think Zhang, Chisora said he wants him after. Chisora's already made a fight poster. He says, I don't care if he loses. He's got 16 million people supporting him in Macau. I want that fight. <laughs> so Chisora's already seeing dollar signs, and it's a fight that can be made. Um, for Hergovic, I do wonder, that there's been a lot of hype about Hergovic, and rightly so. Um, his dad did pass away a few months ago. Remember, this fight was supposed to happen yeah. on the Bivol Canelo undercard. Um, yeah. back in May. So you do wonder if that's playing on his mind as well. But I don't know, maybe... I don't. It's wrong for me to do what I'm going to do now, but maybe he just wasn't, isn't as good as we thought he was. Because well, look. We look, haven't look. seen him up against anyone of any note. I know he's knocked out everyone, but yeah. you look at the record and say, oh, who, who though? Who's on that record that you have knocked out that's impressive? And maybe first time round against a top 20 guy, we maybe saw where his level might be. Maybe. Yeah, we did. We did. But he's a vastly experienced European amateur fighter. Yeah, yeah. Who I think won world amateur gold, didn't he? Mm. And, you know, he, he's, he's a very talented fighter. Um, I thought we show, we saw but both of them got extraordinary whiskers on them. Oh, um, mate. They took some punches in there. Erkovic was out on his feet a couple yeah. of times. Hands down. He? Couldn't even put his hands up. He was that tired. No, he couldn't even turn himself to protect himself. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, yeah. Luckily for him, the Chinese lummox was so exhausted himself, <laughs> he couldn't take advantage of it. And the referee was trying to dance between them to kind of say, protect yourself. It was a thoroughly entertaining precursor to the main event. Honestly, yeah, he fantastic. did get tested. Mm. Um, it will have been a wake-up call for him as well, Addy. And and he, he won't be so loose next time. He can't afford to be. Yeah. He thought he was going to walk the giant down and, and, and knock him out. But you're going to come up against incredible chins at that level. And they both got them. So neither of that many. If you've got a punch and a chin 
and you're you you've gone to the level those guys have got to you've got a chance of being heavyweight champion of the world fact 100% fact I agree and I think both winners and winner and loser of that fight will, will will be in really good fights in the next 12 to 18 months as will Callum Smith who beat uh, Bodie Leak stopped him and I mean look there's Callum Smith at 175 I mean, he put Castillo to sleep, and we all remember that back in uh, back Horrible. in September. Horrible one, honestly. Yeah. I was looking at Castillo's record just to see if he's fought again. He has he's actually fought twice since then, so he's okay, he's fine. Uh, and now the way he put Bodelik to sleep here, he's so much more aggressive under Buddy McGirt, I think. Oh, totally. Um, he's mm. really good for him. Mm. That was a statement stoppage. Um, he's got such power when he talks those hooks. Oh, violent. He, 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 he's always had great levers. Um, Callum, in spite of being a really long fighter, 6'5", isn't he? You know, how he squeezed that into 12 stone, I never know. But he looks better at uh, light heavyweight. Looks like he's more loose and relaxed in his life. Um, he doesn't say a lot, Callum, Mundo no. Smith. No, um, all <laughs> I, the I interviewed him twice. Him. It's not easy. <laughs> you know, exactly. Look, he's got the talkable, the talkative uh, brother, Paul. Uh, mm. he's, um, Stephen was there. I'm not sure. Who's the other one? Liam. Uh, Liam was there Didn't as well. See Liam there. Yeah, Liam Didn't was there. Liam. Yeah, he was. Was he? Mm. And, and and the old man was there, of course, as well. Who's always a bundle of fun. I love the fact he's got autism on his trousers for his sister as well. Yeah. Callum's one of those guys who, who, I think has got a special qualities. And and imagine him against a Bivol. It's a fantastic physical matchup of jabs and. Callum looked very reckless at the beginning and he got caught a few times himself, but his intentions were clear. It really, that really lit up the evening when those two stepped in, didn't it? And and it really got the audience suddenly beaming their energy down on the ring in that moment. Um, I think he's going to be a success at one, uh, I want to say 185. I mean, 175, 185 is mixed martial arts. Um, 175. Um, and I think he'll be in a world title fight within one or two fights. How good is Matthew Bodelik? Good enough for that test in Saudi yeah, Arabia. Yeah, European Championship level. So we know yeah. it's European Championship yeah. level. We are going to hear from Ramon Ali very shortly. But very quickly, Gav, one word answer on this one. Is he the best light heavyweight in Britain? You can make a case for him beating all of them. Anthony Yards, Joshua Boazzi. Yeah, you can make a case for him being the best, yeah. You certainly can. All right, let's hear from Ramon Ali. Do you agree? Um, uh, no comment. <laughs> I think it's tough. All three is really good, but I think it's really, really tough. I would say Boatsy just, like, literally just above them, but I think they'll be in great fights. Yard, Boatsy, Callum Johnson. He's got fights. hand speed over them, by the way. He has, he has. And he might have power over them now, I think we're seeing yeah. as well, so so who yeah. knows. Uh, Ramla Ali um, fought Crystal Garcia Nova, uh, the first female fight ever in Saudi Arabia, it really was a big thing. Crystal Garcia Nova came into this fight as the puncher. You wouldn't know it. Ramla Ali stopping her in the very first round. She here, she caught up with Gareth A. Davis. I am with Ramla Ali, who looks amazing. Now, you said at the end of that fight that you've had broken toes and and uh, broken wrists in the last two camps. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I've, I've, had a, I've been training and competing with a fractured wrist and a fractured toe, which isn't ideal, but, you know, I couldn't I couldn't say no to this uh, amazing opportunity. Um, so we've been quite, like, looking after my hands, freshly taping it before, you know, every uh, training session, just to make sure I'm 100% for tonight. Yeah, uh, Rebel Ali looked very, very good, I thought. And I almost feel like, look, we know her sort of superstar power outside the ring and the modelling and everything. I feel like Matthew might have something here with her. And I, I just hope that they realise it 
two good performances now back to back and I mean she showed the power there as well I, I didn't think she had I thought that was a fantastic punch I mean honestly I mean and then she went to the body immediately after and Crystal Garcia Nova who we know is not on that level didn't want to know really good performance from Rola yeah, 65 minutes of mayhem to, to etch her name into history. Um, look, she's the first ever, she was the first ever man or woman Somalian to, uh, to box at the Olympics, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, uh, so she, she, I want to say, let me clarify that. She's British Somalian, but she boxed for Somalia at the, mm. Somalia at the Tokyo Olympics because she, she could. Um, she's an extraordinary young woman. I mean, she's 32 already, but to have been on the cover of Vogue, to have her own charity in which... She, she's created a safe haven for Muslim women to go and box without being discriminated against. That's in the UK. To be a UNICEF ambassador, to be able to carry herself as she did all last week. I, I know this sounds like a foreign correspondence report, Addy, but um, she, she carried a lot of flack last week. And, and we tried to get her on twice. And when, when I got to speak to her in the end, I kind of realised that in some ways she, she was in a very delicate win-win or lose-lose position last week because Amnesty International were always going to critique her for, for the things she was going to say about the resonance and advancement for women in the society, given some of the facts that they can put forward against what women don't get in that society. Um, but as, as if, you, if we were listen on to that interview, she said, look, if I don't come, and well, I posited it with her, all those changes if someone doesn't come and someone doesn't show change, you can't make change. So there's no point Amnesty criticising her for doing it and saying, I want to do this to, to enforce change, because otherwise no change will come. Do you know what I mean? Chicken yeah. and egg. Yeah. I think she's a very brave woman. I think she's an extraordinary young person. Um, having met her up close, I think there is genuine zeal in her as a person to take advantage of a life in which and this is a serious thing her brother was killed by a grenade outside their house while he was playing in somalia mm. um you know we can talk about sports and boxing and but there are bigger messages sometimes alexander Yusik had one maybe for his people and ramla ali has a bigger message than just sports and she's a representative of that and what i'm gonna do is support her in that yeah. and i think we should in yeah. her boxing and and what she's doing in and outside boxing indeed and i'll offer her my support as well whenever she needs it because she's a fantastic human being she really is all right you're listening to find an extra on talk sport 2 next up we are going to switch gears to mma and discuss an incredible night for leon edwards at ufc 278 one day when the glory comes it will be For the kids that grew up, I grew up in the trenches. I do for everyone coming behind me. I told you it's possible. We can win a belt from the UK. I told you. Now look at me now. The whole city needs to stand up for the guy right now, man. Rock has made it out of the trenches. Birmingham is somewhere that can just grind you down. You are in the trenches. What Leon has done is he has inspired an entire generation. What he's done for the people, for the city. He's the king. He's the guide. He's the light. Here's the light. Leon Edwards, new UFC welterweight champion. Here are these stories of where sort of fighters have come from. And fighters will always have sad stories because in order to be a fighter, you do need to come out of grit. I, I, I firmly believe it. And 
Linobus has come out of the grit. He really has. I mean, his story is an incredible one. And for him to do that to, some might say, the best welterweight there's ever been. And I'm putting George St. Pierre in that category, by the way. Kamara Usman is fantastic. For him to knock Kamara Usman out like that, with 54 seconds left on the clock after being dominated for four and a half rounds, it's, it's almost a, a sign of just never, ever giving up. Like, do not give up. Leon Edwards is the poster child for that now. Britain's second um, UFC champion, obviously Michael Bisping, the first one. And look, Leon deserves the opportunity now. And look, the rematch is going to be big and he deserves to get paid. And I really hope they get the checkbook out for him. I mean, look, we all knew that he was a good uh, fighter, Leon Edwards. I didn't know he had that kind of resilience, though, to keep on going against someone as dogged as Kamar Usman, Gareth. Yeah, no, I think I did. I think he's very special. He, you know, again, we, we talk about hunger in people. I know Leon and Fabian. Well, I don't know them intimately really well, but I spent quite a lot of time around them, you know, both in Bellator and the UFC. I'm very fond of both of them, and they're both absolute fighting studs, you know, out of Jamaica. And, and you've got to remember that they came to the UK after being little boys who... who had nothing to eat and lived in in a one room shack. Yeah, so they they know they in their formative years they really knew what hardship was and they've got that. They're not braggarts because they've never been given anything. They everything they've got they've had to fight for literally, and I think I don't know whether I romanticise it, but certainly in my many years covering combat sports, you. Marvin Hagler was right. You know, you, you do lose hunger when you aren't running, when you're running at five in the morning in silk pajamas. Do you, know, you, you are, you do. You, you just have hunger. to, don't you? You have to, you just have to. It's human nature. It's like, it's the same in any industry and in anything you do. Unless you get shaken by something, you, you, you do get comfortable in whatever you do, or if you earn more money or you become very successful, whether it's, you know, the late George Michael is a brilliant documentary out at the moment on, on his life. How, and it's the height of his success. <laughs> that was at his loneliest when he wasn't performing. Someone, you, you transfer that to someone like Leon Edwards. He's at the height of his success. He's had to wait and wait and wait because he doesn't sell. He's not a big seller in the UFC. He should have fought Jorge Masvidal after he was sucker punched by Masvidal in London, which was a sly, dirty little move by Masvidal. But the thing is, it, it set up a brilliant moment for those two to fight. It should have been the making of Leon Edwards in that moment where he got to fight Masvidal and you know, with Masvidal playing the heel, because I think he would have beaten Masvidal. I think they will fight now if he beats Usman a second time. You see Masvidal's now shouting for him. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he wants it. Masvidal wants he it. He wants to fight if now. I'm because... Leon, if I'm Leon Edwards, I'm like, I want to take your head off. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Yeah. It, look, I think they'll want him to fight Usman next, yep. but they might not. They might... They might let him fight Masvidal in the meantime. No, no, Usman's got to get his rematch immediately. Yeah. He's he, got to. He, he How will. many times well, he defended that belt? He has to but, have it. But but what I'm saying is, Leon stayed true to himself. Fabian stays true to himself. They're mm. very... They're going to be around. They're, as I said, they're fighting studs. They're, they're, I mean, you know, um, 
Fabian might be better than Leon, by the way. You know, Fabian's good. Um, hey, Fabian's very, very. What, what? What's the bigger financial fight? You've just put Jorge in my head now. Jorge Masvidal, and you know they'll they'll show the two piece and all the stuff that happened backstage, or the Kamara rematch. There's a guy called Michael Bisping, mm. right? Mm. Few people might have heard of him. Um, he fought a rematch with one of one of the I think one of the all time great. Certainly, the biggest right cock hammer, and in uh, in 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 fight sports, one of the biggest. He fought a rematch with Dan Henderson, um, and it, the event began at midnight in Manchester. And we we walked out into the sunlight at six in the morning, twelve midnight, six in the morning. You weren't around covering it in those days. I think I was working for TV then for for BT Sport, and. Um, I think they should put Leon Edwards against Jorge Masvidal, do it as a pay-per-view in America, really sell it and have it in the UK, but start it at midnight and finish it at six in the morning. I think it'd do massive numbers and then fight Usman next because Kamaru Usman, the former welterweight champion next. Because I think the biggest commercial, commercial fight is the grudge fight after the sucker punch. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.